The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Director of Outreach Ministry at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Truth Transforms with me, Reverend Galen McDowell. This show is designed to teach you how you can tap into your unlimited potential and live a transformed life. My favorite scripture in the Holy Bible is Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Today, it will just be you and me guests. My guess is the Internet audience. And we will discuss the aspect of New Thought Christianity called divine law. Now, divine law goes by many names. Some people call it karma. Some people call it universal law. What goes around comes around, et cetera, et cetera. But for this session today, we will just call it divine law. During the third, second and third segments, I'll take calls. I'll take your calls at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489, so we can discuss it together. If you have questions about this concept called divine law, I would like to hear your questions or if you have comments so we can discuss it. And obviously, all of us can grow from our discussion from it. Now, this concept of uh, called divine law doesn't come from new thought, but its modern brand comes basically from new thought in the sense that many of the early new thought writers, the Charles and Myrtle Fillmore's, the Ernest Holmes, the Neville's, the Emma Curtis Hopkins, the H.M. Lee some of these people who people know about in New Thought Christian circles, Christian metaphysical circles, uh, Mary Baker Eddy uh, really emphasized this concept that God is not uh, a person up there somewhere dictating will on a whim. This concept of God, that God is principle, that God is spirit, that God is divine law, not a personality is one of the contributions to the American culture. Now, it's being taught all over the place. Now, you hear every every time you turn the TV on, whether that's PBS with uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer or Dr. Deepak Chopra or, or some of our um, 
fundamentalist brethren are talking about, you know, watching your thoughts and divine law and the power of the spoken word in ways that were not necessarily taught not that long ago. Um, matter of fact, maybe the people who were teaching it were being ridiculed by some of the more conservative religious teachers. But now people are really getting an understanding of what this concept is about. And it's basically based around a, a, a scripture that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter six, verse seven. He wrote that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. Now, that's a very powerful scripture because people like to think of that as meaning that God is going to get mad and God is going to get back at you. But that's not really the intent of the scripture. What it's basically saying is the energy that you're putting out, the thoughts, the feelings, the words, the actions and the reactions that you're putting out, they come back. The energy that you that you send out come back because thought and feeling are just mental energy and impulse. So or vibration. So as you send out things, they come back and they have to be consistent with that. The energy that you send out. Um, one of the popular writers and um, and prosperity and spiritual healing, uh, Catherine Ponder, calls it radiation and attraction. She says that which we radiate, we attract and that which we send out should always be consistent with what comes in. Now, Jesus had a quote in Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, where he wrote, or he's, he's quoted as saying, for with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. So over and over again, it is taught that, that what you're putting out, you get back. And this is a hard concept for people to grasp because many times we think that the person or persons that we help, or, you know, for instance, if you believe in divine law, whether you believe in it or not, has nothing to do with the fact that, it's, that it works. Um, you think that if I help a, then a person, a particular person, then that means that that particular person will be the avenue through which the blessing comes back. But that's not necessarily the case. Many times, uh, that only uh, brings about frustration because we legitimately believe that the reason uh, why we don't believe in universal law or divine law is because we think that if we help this particular person, that God has to bring the blessing back through that particular person or channel. So you might be helping in one aspect of your life and it comes back in another form that is that is needed in. So we have to be aware of what we're talking about. There's a, a particular quote that Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote in the 19th century. I would like to share with you. It, it's in his essay called Compensation. He wrote that men suffer all their life long under the foolish superstition that they can be cheated. But it is as impossible for a man to be cheated by anyone but himself. As for a thing to be and not to be at the same time, there is a third silent partner to all our bargains. The nature and the soul of thing takes on itself the guarantee of the fulfillment of every contract so that honest service cannot come to loss. So when we understand that anytime there's an interaction 
where consciousness is involved, where action is involved, also what is going on is divine law is being activated in an experience to create experiences that are consistent with our thought, with our words, and with our actions. Uh, there's a statement that we use many times in the Johnny Coleman Institute in, at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago. We'll say, thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Now, we didn't invent that. I'm sure that's been around for a while. For a while, excuse me. But it's a powerful statement. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Like begets like. So we can't have the assumption that we can stay focused on the past and anger and frustration and fear and doubt and all of these things that we allow to cloud our thinking process and think that divine law, God, universal intelligence, spirit, whatever creative principle, whatever term you choose to use, will bring back to you something that is inconsistent with the thoughts held in mind. If you think about your mind as a garden, the garden will, or the soil in the garden will only reproduce or, excuse me, produce crop or flowers or plants or something that's consistent with the seed. Your thought, your word, your feelings are seeds that you plant into life, into the, into consciousness. And they have to bring or, or manifest as experiences that are consistent with the seed. So no farmer would plant watermelon seed and expect to get tomatoes. No farmer would plant mustard uh, green seeds and expect to get cucumbers. That's inconsistent. But many times we believe that we can plant thoughts of discord, error, frustration, and anger and get back peace, love, harmony, joy, and prosperity. That's just inconsistent because if God is a God of divine order and law and everything in the universe tells us that things function in divine order, then we need to realize that for, for us to live from our power, we need to work in alignment with divine law because divine law is simple, simply the principle or God in action. Now, I want to read this quote. This is from uh, Raymond Hollywell, uh, early Christian metaphysician. He wrote, man's problems are mental in nature. They have no existence outside of themselves. And it has been discovered that nearly all will yield up their solutions when subjected to a broad and exact analysis. Now, what is that? That's simply saying is whatever we are dealing with in life is mental in nature. And only when we really start to investigate and analyze our own consciousness, what's going on inside of us, only when we do that will we be empowered to master our experiences instead of being victims of circumstance. 
So what we want to do today is talk about how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we master circumstances? Now, there's a couple of things that that come to mind when we start talking about mastering circumstances. First of all is to realize that the power to transform your life resides within you in the sense that your innate or inner spirituality is your power, your true identity. We teach a new thought or new thought Christianity or Christian metaphysics or whatever term you choose to use that you are a threefold being, spirit, soul, body. And the spirit is the part of you that is the image and likeness of God. Therefore, it is perfect, whole, and complete. You can't add anything to it. You can't take anything away from it. Unfortunately, most of us are unaware of this aspect of us. We, we sometimes have glimpses of truth, but not necessarily. Uh, we don't necessarily live from the space that the power of God resides within us as the I am, as the image likeness of the Christ uh, in in Hinduism, they call it the Atman. It doesn't make a difference what term you use. The issue is the power is within you, one. Two, when you start talking about the soul, the soul is the entire mind, the consciousness. Now, it would take several shows just to deal with this aspect called the soul. But the soul is doing one of three things at all times. Uh, or, or this aspect of the soul is doing one of three things called the conscious mind. The soul is made up according to our brand of new thought, the superconscious or Christ mind, conscious mind and subconscious mind. And the conscious mind or the intellectual mind or the objective mind is always either focused on the spirit within through the superconscious or Christ mind, which is our inspiration which is where the power or the awareness of our power resides is looking to the subconscious mind, which is basically saying, what does my past say about this? What do I believe about it? What does my memory say? What attitudes do I have about it? What are my positions, et cetera, et cetera. And then we look outside of ourselves and say, what does the world say about this? Now at all times, the conscious mind is doing one of those three things, obviously turning within the spirit and staying present in, in your power gives you access to universal intelligence and power to transform your experience. Obviously living out the past can be a crap shot. And obviously the same with going outside of yourself and trying to see what the world is saying about a certain subject. Now you realize that, that those two aspects of you are on what we would call the invisible side of life. In other words, you can't see your spirit. You can't see your soul. But you can see your body because your body is the vehicle through which spirit and soul express. So the body uh, really expresses your soul's or conscious awareness of truth. In other words, what you believe, what you understand, what you know expresses, what you feel expresses through your body. Now, your body isn't just your physical temple. Your body is your life, world and affairs as well. So anything that has to do with your outer expression is body. Your relationships are body, job, body, uh, 
finances, body. And that also would include the health in your physical body. All of those things are the temple of God because those are the things that your consciousness touches or demonstrates as. So one of the ways we talk about working with transforming your life is the realization that you can't transform life in the realm of the physical. You have to get back into your consciousness and realize, as Emmett Fox says, that life is consciousness. And once you realize that life is consciousness, you can make the changes in consciousness, speak the word and give new life and and create new experiences through the power of your word, which we're going to talk about on the second break before we take calls, and realize that through a transformed consciousness, you can change your body, life, world, and affairs. This is very important for you to realize, and that's what we'll be talking about during this show and upcoming shows. We want to make sure that you are connected to your power by transforming your consciousness. And we're going to talk about some techniques during the call. Now, uh, just to remind you, we'll be taking calls at 888-558-6489. I would also like to remind you that these programs are supported by your donations. Therefore, on the website, there's a button called Donate Now. You can click on Donate Now and help support this life-transforming online radio station. Click on it. Whatever you deem is appropriate, please do so and support this program and let other people know about it so they can support it because we're seeking to transform humanity and we need all hands on deck. Also, don't forget to look and click on the Unity Cruise uh, link because we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to do that as well. And make sure you let them know that Reverend McDowell from True Transforms sent you. Now, as you are contemplating possibly calling in and asking questions about what we're going to be uh, continuing to discuss for this show, I just want you to just keep in mind this concept. What do I really believe about this statement, thoughts held in mind, produce after their own kind? And the corresponding scripture, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. Because that will dictate the conversation. Because we want to make sure that we do give you the opportunity to discuss it. If you disagree with it, call in and tell me why you disagree with it. I don't have a problem with that. Let's discuss it. Um, you know, we can disagree without being disagreeable, but I would like to um, get your insight so we can go about transforming the world. And with that understanding, we're going to go to a break. Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one. Please consider supporting this online radio programming. 
visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages. Just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph, I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation. And every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have a caller on the line. Caller, are you there, Bob? I am here. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? I am fine. How are you doing this morning, Reverend McDowell? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I was. I would like to know what is your question, or do you have a comment, or what would you like to share with us today? Well, you were you were saying something about you made a statement about uh, thinking. And and the thought that that is on that is that is primary in your consciousness. 
Yes. So what I was so what I was wondering is if 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 in fact you had a primary dominant thought in consciousness, whatever that might be, would then your power, the power that we are are, are looking to bring forth within us. Would that then support that primary dominant thought, whatever it is, to bring that forth into our life experience? Yes, yes, absolutely. It's no different than... Would you elaborate on that some for me? Right, yes. Just like the analogy that I used about the garden. The soil doesn't care what type of seed you plant. It will grow whatever seed you put into the soil. Therefore... Whatever we accept is true, whatever dominant thoughts, feelings, beliefs that we hold in consciousness will continually demonstrate themselves. Even if we are unaware that the thought is there because there is an aspect of us that is subconscious or unconscious. But once the seed is planted in the subconscious mind, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to call the subconscious mind a tape recorder. And she would say that whatever you put on the tape will be played back to you. So if this doesn't just work because, okay, you're a good Christian or good whatever human being, it works because it's divine law. And thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. The statement doesn't say what type of thought. It doesn't say good thoughts, productive thoughts, prosperous thoughts, etc., it could be thoughts of, of illness, discord, lack, uh, inharmony. It doesn't make a difference. The issue is the, the character of the seed, which is the character of the thought, the character of the feeling, the character of the belief. What I accept is true. So once it is, it has been accepted or impressed upon that subconscious phase of mind, becomes unconscious to us and things start to grow up and out into our lives and then we start to wonder well why is this showing up God without realizing that we haven't had a a transformation through the renewing of our own minds so we start to start seeing things pop up and we're like wait a minute where's that coming from where's this coming from well they're byproducts of consciousness because Those thoughts of ill will and anger and frustration, et cetera, that we put so much thought and so much passionate feeling in uh, the positions that we take sometimes politically or uh, with our religions or with our culture and social world. Those things also come up. And not only do they play out in our life, world and affairs, but they can play out completely in our bodies. So the stress and the anxiety and the frustration, those things aren't things that necessarily is something that the body produces on, the, on its own. Those things are the byproduct of consciousness. So, yes, uh, Bob, without a shadow of a doubt, thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind, just like the soil will produce any type of seed. Your mind, our minds, Working through divine law will always produce experiences consistent with the thought, with the feeling, with the word. Is that a good, decent answer for you there, sir? Okay, I think he did. He, he must have signed off. All right.
Well, again, please continue to call in at 888-558-6489. Now, I would like to read this quote from Neville. And it states, first is quoting the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He then writes, in the beginning was the unconditioned awareness of being. And the unconditioned awareness of being became conditioned by imagining itself to be something. And the unconditioned awareness of being became that which it had imagined itself to be. So did creation begin. Hmm. By this law, first conceiving, then becoming that conceived, all things evolve out of no thing. And without this sequence, there is not anything made that is made. Now, I know that was a lofty statement. But what he is simply saying is that the unmanifested becomes the manifested only through our consciousness. And so so that which we call the word or the substance of God or or the spirit becomes conditioned through consciousness. So it becomes something out of nothing by the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs, and the words that we move on, act on, think about, feel, et cetera, et cetera. So to, to quote him again when he says, by this law, first conceiving, conceiving the thought, conceiving the belief, conceiving the belief. He says, first conceiving, then becoming that conceived, all things evolve out of no thing. Now, he says no thing as a synonym for God. Why is this important? Because we can't really grasp the concept no thing. We just know that that means that it's not manifested. Because creation always comes from the invisible to the visible, from the unmanifested to the manifest, from from the spiritual to the physical. So when we realize this, how do you make this process work? We work it through the understanding that consciousness always demonstrates form. Uh, Emmett Fox has a statement. He says, all causation is mental. And all causation is mental means that we should never try to transform life at the level of effect. Effect is the physical realm, the three-dimensional realm, the things that you see and deal with once um, it has already shown up. It's already been thought. It's already been believed. It's already been through the idea stage. It's already been accepted. It's been molded and shaped. Some person has brought this concept into manifestation. He says, if we try to change life at that level, it's similar to uh, a story he told about 
when the movie projector was first brought to the wild, wild west in the 19th century. And they would uh, project black and white silent movies on the side of barns. And they would show these uh, cowboy movies or whatever. And when the villains would uh, get the upper hand on the heroes, some of the cowboys would pull out their six shooters and start shooting at the barn to try to shoot the villain. Well, that's what we try to do with life many times. We're trying to uh, move the decks on, uh, move the chairs around the deck of the Titanic while the ship is sinking instead of dealing with the real issue, which is our mind. So it is important for us to realize that the only permanent change that can happen in your life is the permanent change that happens in your consciousness. Now, what are some of the tools that we use for that? Now, some of the tools that we use for the transformation of consciousness in new thought um, are denials, affirmations, and prayer. Now, we're going to deal with, I'm going to have a whole show next week on prayer. But let's deal with this, this concept called denials and affirmations for a moment because this is important. And if you don't have the book, uh, Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady, I would recommend it because she has two very strong chapters on this subject. And she also has some baseline denials and affirmations that anybody can use to help transform consciousness. Now, what, what, are, what is a denial? A denial is, is a statement that we use to erase error beliefs from consciousness. Some people call them no statements. In other words, this is what you're saying no to. Uh, the power in the denial is through the understanding that the denial is not in and of itself denying facts. The denial denies the power of facts or any experience over us, over our life, world, and affairs. So a denial uh, uh, can be used to say, for instance, uh, this has no power over me. There's only one presence and one power. You're denying that something in and of itself has power. There is no lack in God. God is uh, uh, my invisible supply. That's attaching it to an affirmation. Normally, denials and affirmations work well together. So we have to realize that if God is the one presence and one power, then when we start to look at these experiences that we go through, we have to deny that they have power in our experience. When Jesus was before Pilate, Pontius Pilate, and uh, he, Pilate was drilling him on, uh, on, you know, don't you know who I am? And I have the power to kill you or set you free, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus told Pilate, you could have no power over me unless it was given to you by my father. What he was saying was, Pilate, yes, you, you might have the ability, the authority humanly to address what you think you are addressing humanly, but the power that I'm attached to and I'm recognizing is the presence and power of God. Therefore, you cannot have any power over me because it wasn't ordained by God. Why? Because God has not ordained power of one individual over another individual. My mastery, authority, and dominion, and your mastery, authority, and dominion is for you. My mastery, authority, and dominion is for me. 
I don't have any authority over anybody else. I can't make anybody do something that they don't want to do. Um, it's a statement that many people use uh, called where it says a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. And therefore, if I'm constantly reinforcing and uh, forcing and reinforcing you to do something, I'm really not controlling the situation. Um, I'm just keeping my foot on something. And that's not real power. But anyway, so denials are used many times to deny sickness. For instance, you know, a person is going through an experience with their body. Many times denials are used to take away the belief that this experience has power. Then it's attached to an affirmation. An affirmation is is uh, a yes statement. It is a it is an, uh, a a statement that is based upon the truth about God. It's based upon the truth about your own innate spirituality. It's based upon the truth about your I am or Christ nature. Therefore, a person who's using an affirmation would only affirm what is true in spirit, not necessarily true or about your experience. I'm using truth in the sense of relative truth, not absolute truth. So an affirmation like, you know, I am the peace of God. I am the life of God. I am the love of God in expression. You know, these are affirmations. Um, matter of fact, Jesus was the master of affirmations in the Gospel of John. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the bread. Uh, you know, he, he used these type of uh, these terms over and over again. And anytime you attach the, the word, the words I am, which is your spiritual uh, name, your spiritual nature to an affirmative statement, you are impacting it with the power of that unconditioned awareness to become a conditioned thing. So as Reverend Ike used to say, I am is your first name and what you attach to I am is your last name. Be careful what name you take. So as we affirm a thing, the affirmation doesn't make it so. The affirmation acknowledges that it is already true in spirit. And as we align our consciousness and our word, because as we speak the word, we are actually creating. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. As the uh, book of Job says, thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. And as Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, when he says, my word that goes forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. So as we speak, we're sending out power. So as we affirm, we're aligning our thinking, we're aligning our feelings, we are firming up our belief system and we're actually speaking the word or creating or giving power to what we are thinking by speaking it, giving it vibration because power is in the tongue as the scripture says. So as we speak the word, we're actually bringing forth or manifesting what is already true in our spiritual nature. This is powerful. This is very powerful. and. It is a tool that we can use. So as you use the power of denial, you use the power of affirmation and you speak the word with it. You're actually calling those things that be not as though they were. We don't realize how powerful our language is. We don't realize how powerful our words are. Words have power. And every word that you speak has an image behind it. So if I said to you, for instance, um, think of paradise. You would have an image of what that of that of what that meant, or dream vacation. 
that has an image behind it. Every word that you speak, when you say love, you have an image of what love means to you behind that word. That's why you can't assume when you use the word love or use the word like God. God is such a loaded term because of the imagery and the feelings behind the word. That's why many times spiritual leaders and teachers use different words other than God because the word God is so pregnant with imagery. Some people uh, some people's concept of God uh, has has been so warped. So we have to be careful of the words we use. So if you want a tool to transform your life, start to speak the word denying things that you don't want to experience. And then affirming the truth about what you do want to experience now. Don't forget that you can call in at 888-558-6489 and ask questions or make comments. We want to make sure that we have the opportunity to answer any and all questions that you might have. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Working at Unity Village is more than just a good job. It's good work. We're a not-for-profit organization that helps people around the globe live more abundant and meaningful lives. Our work environment is unique in keeping with the heritage of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, visionary founders of the Unity Movement. At the same time, Unity is a 21st century workplace. Job seekers will find plenty of challenges in a wide range of specialties, from information technology to culinary arts communications to publishing, prayer ministry to retreats, and more. Employees are eligible for a variety of perks and benefits, including a campus setting with year-round activities and a four-day work week in many departments. To see what employment opportunities await you, visit us at unityjobs.org and apply today. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real world transformations. That's Spiritual Coaching, Living a Vibrant Life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I have a caller on the line, Alita. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Alita. How are you doing? I'm fine. And yourself? 
I'm excellent, excellent. Uh, what is your question? I uh, yeah, I have always uh, I've grown up under uh, truth, but my uh, biggest problem has been uh, a lot of times you need to express something that is negative, and what I'm saying. Uh, uh, okay, say on a prosperous uh, note, saying uh, uh, if you don't have the money for a certain thing, you need to express it, and then you don't want to express it because you know that that's just the visual thing, and that's not really real, you know, because, you know, if you, if you are God's, uh, you know, he supplies all your needs, but at that moment, you're not seeing it. So it's just kind of hard to, uh, I never know how to get get around that. Okay, so I just want to make sure uh, that I understand the question. You're basically saying, how do you wrap your brain around, you know, you're one with God, you're the, the image and likeness of God, and you're experiencing this lack and it's, exactly. it's a fact, and it's a fact. And how do you it's deal with that from the, from the perspective of teaching divine law uh, and yes. uh, our oneness with God? Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me address it. Uh, there is a if, – if you have the opportunity, you can mute your phone as well because I think there's some background noise. But from the standpoint of 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 dealing with the facts of life, uh, one of the things that we do teach here is there are facts and facts. You, it could be a fact that your body is experiencing illness. It can be a fact that you don't have enough money to currently to take care of your responsibility. Those can be facts. It can be facts that there's some discord and inharmony in your experience. But that's not the truth about you. What we what we emphasize is one. There's nothing wrong with you if something is not expressing the way you want it to express. What we sometimes do is we uh, create guilt because we are not demonstrating the way we feel as though um, we we should. Therefore, recreating the same experience over and over again because we're reinforcing the belief in the lack, and then we add the guilt to go along with it. So. To address your question, there's the truth about you, and then there's the facts facts about you. If you look at the, uh, uh, if you think about a hurricane, a hurricane has these winds that circle and they're destructive, and all types of things are going on uh, when a hurricane um, is moving through the ocean or hits land. But in the center of the hurricane is the eye of the hurricane and the eye of the hurricane is always peaceful and calm. Well, if you use that analogy with your own life, there's a, the storms of experience could be twirling and a lot of things could, can be pretty wonderful if I can use that term. But there's an aspect of you that we're saying you can get in contact with that's always at peace, never experienced lack never's been sick, never's had any drama or trauma. That aspect of you that we call the Christ or the I am or the image likeness of God or spirit is perfect, whole, and complete. 
Well, which, what we attempt to do with our ministry, meaning the New Thought Ministries, the New Thought Christian Ministries, or Christian Metaphysics, is to remind you that the power to transform your experience is always still inside of you. And as you align your consciousness with what already is, we're not saying that um, that you can't experience lack or you can't experience illness or you can't experience these things. We're saying that they're not permanent. We're saying that they're not enduring. When, we, when new thought or uh, metaphysicians use the terms like reality and existence, when we use reality, um, the word reality, we are saying that what is true in God is it permanent? Is it enduring? Is it eternal? Whereas a fact changes. It's not permanent. It's not enduring. It's not internal. And as I quoted last week, uh, where uh, Murrah Fillmore wrote, if it doesn't measure up to the Christ standard of perfection, it can be changed. Therefore, we're saying that through study, which I haven't mentioned yet, through prayer, through denials and affirmations, through visualization, through meditation, through speaking the word, through taking action on inner guidance that is given, you can transform your experience. So that's basically how you can handle that. Just realize that you're already whole and don't judge yourself based upon what you have demonstrated so far. Only judge yourself on on the truth about you. The truth about you is you're one with God. Now we have another caller named Quinn. Quinn, are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm doing? here. I'm what? fine. How are you, McDowell? Uh, how you doing? I'm great. How about, uh, and do you have a question? Hello? Um, I wanted to, yes, I wanted to make a comment and then um, have you respond to it. Sure. All right. So earlier um, uh, you talked about the law. Um, mm-hmm. And what I wanted to say is, um, you know, a lot of times the consequence a lot of times we think that the consequence of what we do is directly related to the act. For example, if you run a red light, you get a ticket. You know, so, so the consequence is directly related to the thing that we did. Earlier you mentioned that sometimes someone may decide to show the, their God self or not to show their God self to a specific person. Um, however, the law returns the act to me, but not necessarily through that specific person. And I think that um, the problem, again, is a lot of times we think that the consequence is directly related to the act. And essentially what I'm trying to say is this is the same for the actual experience. Sometimes I have an experience or a situation that totally surprises me, and I say to myself, I didn't deserve this, this situation. However, because of some other things that I've done, maybe positive or negative, that law is still in action. So just like you know, I, don't, I do something and then what happens to me is not necessarily the same thing that I did. Still, can you comment uh, on that? Yes, um, yes, that's what I was stating earlier, that many times we think that cause and effect is a direct line with the people that we interact with. You see, York, for instance, act of kindness, because we normally use this in, in, um, when negative things come up. But see, there's no negative and positive in law. It just is. Um, so there's action, reaction, cause and effect. My, I can be nice to somebody at you know church on Sunday, 
And then Wednesday, when I'm, you know, at the restaurant somewhere and somebody is, you know, um, you know, lets me go in before them or or might be the person in the in, in, in the midst of a conversation might be just a person I need to help me connect the dots to something uh, like a project or, or a work project or or something that I need to demonstrate in my experience. You just don't you never know the, we automatically think that if I help this person, this is the same person that's going to help me. No. Or if I give to this particular organization, I'll get it back from this particular organization. No. Universal law will give it back to us in any way that is necessary. It might come back as health. It might come back as my own peace of mind. It might come back as prosperity. It might come back as harmonious relationships. The issue is that we have to be aware that that divine law is always at work. Every thought, every feeling, every uh, word, every action, every reaction sets up cause and effect. But it's our dominant thoughts, it's our dominant feelings, our dominant words, that which we really, really have uh, passionate feelings about when we speak it and, we, and when we think about it and, and, and believe in it, that really create our experiences. So... So what I would just like to add to that, to what you said is um, look for the blessings as well, because many times we look for the consequences that we call negative, quote unquote, look for the blessings Mm -hmm. because the blessings are there. And many times we don't notice and recognize the blessings. Uh, The last thing I would like to say about this is a statement that I think really, really sums up universal law. And it really gives us power. The statement I am responsible for my life, period. Mm. See, because anytime we make it about somebody else, we're not responsible. They did this. They didn't do that, et cetera, et cetera. I am responsible. Whatever shows up, I am responsible for my own life. That gives me power to change it. Because if I'm not responsible, I can't change it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. Thank, thank you, you. Quinn. Thank you. Well, in closing, I think we've had a, uh, a great opportunity to, to discuss divine law. Next week, we're going to talk about prayer and specifically Jesus's uh, the way Jesus taught prayer to live from our power. So we're, I'm going to have some scriptures for you. We're going to take call in questions um, or comments, and we're really going to try to, you know, really bring some insight to this subject called prayer. Uh, don't forget that you can donate on the unity uh, on unity.fm. Um, join uh, me at Christ Universal Temple. Um, and matter of fact, I'm preaching tonight, the seven o'clock Wednesday service. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, stop by, um, uh, stop by Christ Universal Temple's website at www.cutemple.org. Make sure that you Go on and check that Unity Cruise material out that's on the website. Make sure you let them know Reverend McDowell sent you. And have a blessed day, a transformed life. Love you, and I will see you, or not literally see you, but I will be with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. 
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Reverend Tom Thorpe right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever noticed that life is filled with amazing people? People who are passionate about being alive and fully engaged in living on purpose and with intention. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on Unity Online Radio. Each week, we bring you an hour of inspiration and motivation to empower you to be the best you you can be. Listen in and open up as we present some of the most dynamic teachers, authors, musicians, and celebrities that are living the life extraordinaire. Spirituality Today, every Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, where life is good, and so are you. Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Catuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. 
And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.